everybody to Beyond the Shadows, a Mothra and Ghost story, and Mike Ricksecker. Tonight we're going to be talking about why don't I see shadow people. This will be more of a discussion about personal resonance, uh, toroidal fields, and the like. This is actually our first episode of the new year. 2021 season has finally kicked off. I know it's been about a month since we've actually had a new podcast of the uh, of the Beyond the Shadows show, and this one is a, a little different for our regulars. Normally, we have the live stream version on the Edge of the Rabbit Hole uh, YouTube channel, and then we bring it over here onto the podcast, so like Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and then the Saturday night show uh, at midnight on KGRA Radio. Well, this one's a little different because we are moving the live version, the video version, to a different platform. We're moving it off of the Edge of the Rabbit Hole YouTube channel, and we are moving it elsewhere. Um, I'm not saying where yet because that site isn't quite finished yet. I was uh, hoping to have that done by the new year, and by the time we got to this show, not quite ready for that yet. In a couple of weeks, it should be. So we're going to be doing just a couple of straight audio podcasts without the video uh, version for a few weeks, but then we'll get back into our routine. And I think you guys will really enjoy the new site. There's going to be a lot of material out there, uh, not just the live stream show, but so much more um, talking about these types of subjects. I want to also want to let you know that Beyond the Shadows is brought to you by 100 Road Roast. It helps you hunt ghosts. That's our uh, coffee for those that are unfamiliar with it, which uh, you can find at hauntedroadmedia.com and also my website, mikerixsucker.com. Um, yeah, we have our own coffee. <laughs> it's really a dark Vienna roast, but uh, it's very, very good. And during these cold months of the winter like we have right now, um, Great stuff to uh, to have in the morning, and heck, I drink coffee all throughout the day, so I'll have some Haunted Road Roast at night as well. In any case, personal resonance and why don't I see shadow people? This is a uh, this is an interesting topic for me. Of course, I uh, talk quite often about shadow people. That was my uh, latest book that came out about this time last year, January twenty first, twenty twenty. A Walk in the Shadows, A Complete Guide to Shadow People, which actually I'm coming out with a second edition of that uh, within a couple of weeks as well. So uh, I know it's only a year later I'm already coming out with a second edition. That's because there are so many other uh, topics that I decided I wanted to throw in there, other information, other stories that have come to light that uh, I, I think have really helped to support uh, the second edition. Also some you know, personal things that happened along the way that I wanted to take out of that first edition. We won't go into that, but um, yeah, I, those that know me understand the personal side of it, and so I wanted to get some of that uh, particular terminology out of there. But I have added a lot more material uh, to this book. Uh, those that took the Unveiling the Shadows workshop back in October will recognize some of that newer material. And then the Shadow Dimension Project uh, docuseries that's coming out later this year, uh, some of those interviews and some of that material has been added into it as well. So uh, a lot of great new stuff, uh, more stories, and then some other uh, 
I guess, points and, and other perspectives that I've included in there as well. And some of that we're going to discuss tonight on this podcast dealing with personal resonance. Now, I did bring up personal resonance, personal vibration uh, within a walk in the shadow. So there's already a little bit in there, but I'm expanding on it a little bit more. Um, and this is the idea that some people see more shadows than apparitions and other people see more apparitions than shadows. I'm one of those that obviously sees more shadows than apparitions. And I've had many people come to me over, uh, I, I guess, the last year, but really, you know, over the last several years as I've been uh, discussing this topic, people will tell me that they don't really see shadows and, and they have not actually seen a shadow person, but they may have seen an apparition or maybe they saw the ghost of their aunt or they've, you know, heard things and seen things but never actually saw any sort of entity associated with it, so they didn't even see a shadow or an apparition. They saw nothing but invisible, or I guess something invisible for lack of a better term, but they you know, saw things move and things happened around the house and what have you. They just never saw a physical form of an entity. So you know, why is this? What's happening here? And so what I discussed in A Walk in the Shadows very briefly, and now I'm expanding on it a bit more uh, in A Walk in the Shadows, is the idea that we have our own personal resonance, our own personal vibration. Everybody's body works on a little bit of a different frequency. And because of that, because these entities also are operating on their own frequencies, we only see them really when our two frequencies happen to be coinciding with each other. Now, with the spirit realm, they seem to be kind of fluctuating. And I talk about this a bit with time slips that, you know, our dimension and the dimension or the place in space time of that, uh, that place in time are vibrating at, at two different levels. But sometimes their vibration, because it fluctuates a little bit, seems to coincide. It seems to line up and we get a brief moment of seeing whatever that moment in time is. And with apparitions, with shadows, it's kind of the same thing where we're resonating for a brief time on the same frequency and therefore we're able to actually see it. Now, because people also have their own personal vibration, their own personal resonance, not just the world around us, the world around us does too. Um, but we have our own. And so therefore, you know, my personal vibration may be higher, lower, what have you, than somebody else. And so we're able to see different things within that spiritual kind of quote-unquote supernatural realm. And I use the term supernatural lightly because I love this quote by Hans Holzer that there is no supernatural world. All things in the world are natural. So all this phenomenon, all these shadows, apparitions, what have you, are very, very natural. They're a part of our world. But we use the term supernatural basically to describe Ghosts, hauntings, shadow people, you know, even extraterrestrials, interdimensional things happening, creatures, that sort of stuff. We've kind of used that kind of catch term, uh, supernatural. So I use the example of the time slip. That's a, uh, it's a great example, and it's something in which uh, I've actually witnessed myself walking into a uh, kitchen at a restaurant that was known as Johnny V's in Muskogee, Oklahoma. Now, this was part of a a paranormal investigation that we were operating you know, 
way back in the day. This is probably 10, 10, 11 years ago, something like that. In any case, we had finished up the investigation, and the team had kind of split up a little bit. A couple of the guys were upstairs in the bar area, was which was kind of like a loft, and then a couple of the others were out in the front restaurant area. But I decided I was going to do a last photo sweep of the restaurant. And as I was walking through the main doors to the kitchen, I saw this shadow just dart right across the room. It was uh, very translucent. It was tall, narrow, very, very fast. And boom, you heard it bang against the side door of the kitchen, which was which was just this little flimsy metal door that waiters and waitresses used to carry heavy trays of food through. You could just tap the thing and it would move. It was that light. But even though you heard the bang of this door, it didn't move at all. So what in the world happened here? You know, I called out to the others that were with me. Hey, did you guys hear that? Yeah, 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 we heard that. And so I described to them what had happened, which they thought was pretty cool. But there was a part of me that started questioning, wait a minute. Are, are these people messing with me? Are, are they trying to pull one over on me? So I started asking them, did you guys throw something at the door? You know, thinking they threw something at the door to make a sound and kind of spook me as I was on my own. But if they had thrown something at that door, the door would have moved. Again, the door did not move. But I even, to appease myself, I walked through that metal door and I looked down at the ground. No, there's nothing down there on the ground. So uh, so they were being honest. They were just off having their own conversations when this happened. So so what happened here? And I've examined this at length. And I, in the book, A Walk in the Shadows, I, I did really break down this moment. I even have a diagram that goes with it um, to show how I think this was a you know truly an interdimensional moment where there are uh, two dimensions that happen to kind of cross paths here. And I and, it's the crux of me calling uh, a quote-unquote true shadow person an interdimensional being uh, because I do believe there are plenty of different types of shadow people out there. Some are just human spirits that can't fully manifest and they just come off as a shadow. Some may be uh, extraterrestrials, a lot of different ideas. So they're not all the same thing and it drives me nuts. It's kind of a pet peeve of mine when people try to compartmentalize shadow people into all one thing, that um, they're all these evil demonic things, they're the darker, the darkest of the dark, most the evilest of all things evil, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just simply not true. Yes, there are some evil shadow entities that are out there for, for certain. Uh, I've been on those types of cases, but there are plenty of other uh, shadow entities that are just, it's just the human spirit. And in this particular case, you know, it certainly this certainly wasn't anything evil. It was like I scared it. I walked into the room and that thing took off like maybe it saw me as a shadow or maybe it saw me as a ghost because um, I frightened it and it took off running. So imagine this. Like I said, maybe it saw me as the shadow or maybe it saw me as a ghost. If our two dimensions at that moment in time started resonating at the same level to the point that we could see each other a little bit. Um, you know, that would, and it's almost like a time slip. It could be some sort of interdimensional phasing. Uh, it could be, like I said, some sort of time slip. 
because our vibration or the vibration of the uh, dimensions right at that particular point in time happen to be vibrating at the same level, then we're going to see each other a little bit. And perhaps in on its plane of existence, it blew right through that door and that door opened wide and it was able to run right out into the dining room. If it was a, if it was a time slip, it could have been a moment from sometime in the past, an earlier point in time in the restaurant's life, or even later, I could have been uh, glimpsing something in the future. So the door blows open on that plane of existence, but I don't see it on mine. Um, I'm able to see that shadow for a brief second, but in my physical plane, it's not going through the door. It's going through the door on its physical plane. But sound works on a different frequency, a different wavelength. And so I was able to hear that cross-dimensionally because we we are we are echoing, for lack of a better term, uh, we do have this connection for a brief moment. And so through that connection that we have together, that sound is able to come through. We actually talked a little bit about this on the Alaska Triangle with the missing Douglas airplane in that many believe that it was lost through some sort of portal. The, the vortex energy of the Alaska Triangle will spin up uh, portals and what have you uh, I don't want to say haphazardly or randomly, um, given the the rhythm of the universe, there there probably is some way to eventually measure that and, and be able to uh, predict at some point when these portals will kick off. And when we discover that, when we figure that out, then we'll be able to uh, use these to travel dimensions or even uh, travel through time. Well, we haven't figured that out yet, but the idea is that the Alaska Triangle, the vortex energy from that created a portal in which the, the Douglas airplane flew through. This was in 1950, uh, flew through that and got lost somewhere, either in another dimension or some other place in time. Yet later on, uh, there was there were radio signals that came almost seemingly from nowhere. It was some sort of chatter, very, very hard to discern and make out. And many people believe that this was actually from the crew of that missing airplane. Now, this plane was was never found. Um, they have no idea. If, if it did go down, this would have been near uh, Snag in Yukon territory, so just over the Alaska border. Um, you know, the, the idea is that, well... I'll just say this. What's very, very unusual about this is that, you know, there wasn't, uh, there was no uh, crazy weather going on. It was actually a pretty clear day, you know, light cloud cover, um, kind of sporadic, but uh, it was actually a very nice day. And the last radio transmission that they actually got they were fine, but then all of a sudden they just disappeared into thin air. And they believe it was around this snag area. Now, about a month later after this happened, there was another plane that went down, smaller one in the area, and they were able to find that very quickly. The crew was actually okay, which was which was good. But same area, 
and a smaller airplane comes through just fine. The Douglas, which was much bigger as Douglas Skymaster, um, no sign of it whatsoever. So they believe it got lost to this portal, and then the radio signals after it had gone missing came through that portal again sound working on a different wavelength that portal may have still been open to some degree to allow those signals to come through but you know the plane being wherever it was was not able to physically come back through probably because they had no idea that they went through a portal and you know where that portal would have been but their transmissions via radio came through because again a different wavelength so that's kind of this idea of you know personal resonance and vibration and you have uh, different objects you know vibrating at different levels so you're getting different reactions and and things are able to uh, see each other in different ways hear each other in different ways it's all very interesting and this actually gets into a lot of my theories on stack time theory, which I'm not going to go into. It's very, very similar to Einstein's space-time continuum. I started putting my theories together before I started reading Einstein's work, and then it was like, oh, yeah, that's actually pretty similar. <laughs> so nothing original I came up with. But the idea that um, everything is, you know, there, there really isn't time, for one. I, I think most people kind of recognize that, that, uh, time is a human construct to basically describe our reality. We use it for, for measuring and what have you for, of course, we need it for you know, growing crops and you know, when to plant and things like that. Um, so as humans, we'd like to stay very organized, you know, really for our survival. Uh, so time has become a survival mechanism of ours. But uh, the, it's just an idea. It's just a concept that describes our existence here. And there, there are a lot of beliefs that time, as, as we know it, um, like I said, doesn't exist, but everything that had happened is happening and will happen is all happening concurrently. All time is happening at the same time. <laughs> and when we have these different things like time slips and what have you, um, we're actually getting a glimpse of something that is still happening right this very moment. It's just our planes of existence, our moments have, again, that, that resonance, that vibration, um, or that resonance vibrating at the same time for those moments to suddenly cross and be able to see each other. Um, the Versailles time slip is, uh, is a good example uh, where the two uh, middle-aged woman, women had walked into the Garden of Versailles, and then all of a sudden it was like, you know, boom, they were they were back uh, during the uh, uh, times of the French Revolution, and, uh, you know, with, which would have been like 100 years before their time. And, and so they saw a lot of interesting things that particular day. Andrea Perrin, uh, many of you may know her from what's known as The Conjuring House in, in that movie. Uh, she had spent 10 years... Uh, living there. Well, the whole family spent 10 years at that house. And, you know, she describes moments where you know, they're in the dining room area and they look into the parlor and all of a sudden there's another family 
sitting there and they're having their own dinner and a couple of them look at the parent family and they're saying, well, would you look at that? So, you know, this, this whole slip in time uh, where two different moments are actually able to view each other and interact with each other a little bit. What's interesting about that is the parent family was actually able to view the past while that family from the past would actually have been viewing the future. And I think people kind of forget about that. You know, they'll see a, uh, you know, an apparition of a woman from Victorian times that actually looks at them as if they are the ghost. And, you know, you're just thinking about it for a moment. Okay, you're seeing a woman from Victorian times. You're seeing something from the past. Well, if she's looking at you and actually sees you and interacts with you, she's looking at the future. So you can kind of almost think of it uh, like the movie The Others, where people don't realize that they are actually being seen uh, as the ghost as well. Uh, that does happen quite often. So that question that people ask, why don't I see shadow people? This is why. Because you're not vibrating at that level that those particular shadow people vibrate at. Now, like I said, I see more shadows than apparitions. So I do see some apparitions at times. Um, but not usually. It's usually a shadow. And I have had a, a moment where I actually saw an an apparition come out of the shadows, which was very, very interesting. It's one of those, it's actually the moment that confirmed for me that uh, some of the shadows that we see are actually human spirits. And this was the apparition of a little girl. She came out of this rolling black smoke at the Mineral Springs Hotel in Alton, Illinois. And what was happening was we were on a paranormal investigation it was following the Hunter Road Media Paracon a couple years ago. And we were just, you know, finishing up for the night. The, basically, the way we would run that was we'd split it up into four groups and we'd each, you know, pick a floor and then rotate. And we were at the very end. Uh, our team that I was leading, we had the top floor, the abandoned part of the hotel, well, the abandoned hotel part of the hotel. There's, <laughs> there's sub-basements and the abandoned pool and all kinds of abandoned areas of the hotel. But there is a thriving um, first-level uh, in the grand ballroom with uh, its reinings in and uh, some other shops that are in there. But the upstairs abandoned part of the hotel uh, has several hauntings in it. We were up there uh, in what's known as Pearl's room. This is the corner room of that, uh, of that upstairs area, corner front. And it's a confirmed suicide, and sadly, she's still there. Uh, we've interacted with her on several occasions. We're just doing some EVP work. Uh, in that room, and all of a sudden, there are some noises coming from down the hall. So I venture out while a couple of the guys are still doing uh, some EVP work, and the the hallway is, is like an L, so um, two two halls with, with rooms off of them. I'm looking down both to the left and to the right, and it was from the hallway on the right that all of a sudden I started seeing this smoke billow up at the, at the end of the hall, and I'm looking down there, I'm looking down, it's coming closer, and it's coming closer. I'm like, whoa, okay, you know, the smoke is, is coming toward us. Because uh, others were starting to, you know, figure out, well, where'd Mike go? Um, so what, what was interesting was, as it was coming closer, it started creeping up the wall on the right-hand side of the hall. And then it would kind of creep back down. And as it's coming closer, it keeps doing this, creeping up and creeping down that wall. And finally, the one time it creeped up that wall, kind of hung there, kind of stuck there, as again, as it's coming closer. And it ended up 
morphing into the apparition of a little girl. And then uh, the others had joined me and, and seen the little girl. We're trying to get her to come closer, come closer. Um, and she only got so far as this one particular door. And this was interesting. This one particular door on the right-hand side of that hallway in which other teams and other people have seen her in. Now, I've investigated in that room uh, a few different times because of those stories, you know, people saying that there's a, a little girl who frequents that room and never really got much of anything at all, maybe a couple of faint EVPs, but, um, you know, really not much of anything. Uh, and even walking into the room, usually just like, eh. Now, I'm, I'm one who... I can walk into a room and a lot of times feel, oh, okay, something's something's here. I never claim to be psychic or anything, but uh, I do have a lot more going on than I give my, myself credit for. And so it was at the doorway to that room where others have witnessed her. Uh, that That's where she stopped. And she wouldn't come any closer than that particular door. Uh, we could see, well, different. see, this is another thing about personal residence, is that um, different people saw different aspects of her. So basically, I saw her from the top down to about the knees, and then she uh, faded away. She's wearing a little uh, nightgown. Other people, you know, couldn't see the top of her head, or they saw, you know, different body parts, but not the whole thing. Most people do uh, that were there. There are five of us uh, will say that she was wearing some sort of nightgown, but they saw her in various ways and forms. So even right then, at this particular moment, where there's five of us seeing her, we're all seeing her in a bit of a different way. So this is where that personal resonance, that personal vibration comes into play and why sometimes, you know, if you're a paranormal investigator on an investigation with several people, that one person may see a shadow or they may see an apparition and the others don't. You know, oh, did you just see that dirt down the hall? No. Well, does that mean it didn't happen or it didn't exist or the thing was just so fast that one person caught it and then the other person just didn't see it at all? Well, the thing was probably going down the hall and because of the one person's personal vibration and resonance, they were able to see it while the other person vibrating at a different level could not. So this comes into play a lot more often than we really think. And, you know, it's... It becomes difficult when you're on investigations uh, with others, and you start to think that, oh, this, you know, you know, this person's BSing us because you know, he keeps claiming he's seen, you know, this thing all the time, and none of us are actually seeing it. You know, that that person's that's like, oh, I just saw the apparition there, and oh, I just saw the apparition there, or the little girl, or the, or the shadow, or what have you. And it might not be that the person's, you know, BSing you at all. It might just be the fact that that person's vibration at that time is resonating at a certain frequency that just really coincides with that entity that's there and these other people just are not. What was fortunate for us was that apparently there was enough energy and enough, enough similar vibration at the time that we could, all of us could actually see her to one degree or another, but there was enough difference there that we all saw her in a different way. So uh, it's actually a, a very, very uh, uh, interesting case there at Mineral Springs. And uh, I do recommend if you ever get out to Alton, Illinois, that is definitely a must-see place. Stop in at the shop. It's raining's in. Uh, talk to uh, Dave and Donna Nunnally 
a range, uh, at least a tour uh, of the historic uh, area there. You can you can get a history tour or the ghost tour there. Uh, absolutely fascinating. Then, of, of course, people do paranormal investigations there as well. Uh, with with COVID and everything still going on, uh, you might want to call ahead of time and arrange that because uh, I'm not sure what their schedule is uh, right now with with all of those things. So, um, so that's the whole why don't I see uh, shadow people part? But it it segues into a, a, another uh, discussion that I want to talk about along with this. And uh, for those later on that want kind of like a more compact version of this. Um, I am putting something together for the Haunted Road Media Channel, a uh, shorter video to kind of compact all of this information. And um, it's been it's been a little while since I've, I've posted a video out there. Um, I don't think I've ever gone two months without posting a video on the Haunted Road Media uh, YouTube channel. But I have all these other projects that I'm uh, in the works on. So it's kind of, that's kind of gone on the back burner. But this one, I'll be releasing here. Um, it'll be the week of, what is it, the, the 19th? Um, next week, because today's the 13th as I'm recording this. Uh, so that'll go out next week. So the other thing I wanted to touch on here were uh, toroidal fields. Now, what do I mean by toroidal fields? Well, let me start with this example. Of, again, staying with shadow people and going down that route. Um, people wake up in the middle of the night, you know, in their beds and see a shadow person. And um, I'm not going to get too deep here into all the reasons as to why that may be or sleep paralysis or all that. I cover that uh, extensively in a, a lot of my other work. Um, but a lot of people do wake up and, and see this and a lot of people know my stance with the medical community and how they basically pawn off uh, all shadow phenomena when you wake up to a hallucination from when you dream, which just is not the case. Um, I believe shadow phenomenon and sleep paralysis are two different things happening at the same time, and they don't even always happen at the same time. Uh, you can wake up and see a shadow person in your room and not have sleep paralysis. You can have sleep paralysis and not see shadow people. And most of the shadow people I've seen in my life have never been uh, involved in a sleep situation. Most of the stories that I've collected over the years have nothing to do with laying in bed and being asleep and waking up and all that. Although there are many stories that are. So we're just taking uh, here the case that you've woken up in the middle of the night with or without sleep paralysis, does not matter, and you see a shadow person. And I think this is important just to kind of uh, touch on this point of why, why you've woken up. You know, what, what is it that actually woke you? Because um, the idea is, okay, we'll touch a little on sleep paralysis, uh, which again is a natural biological phenomenon that, uh, that paralyzes your body so you don't act out your dreams. And you end up waking up according to the medical community, you wake up, your body is still in this quasi state of uh, being paralyzed because that's you know nat naturally biological to do that. Um, and your brain is still fogged from sleeping and you're hallucinating and dreaming. 
problem is we don't just dream about people in our dreams. We dream about all sorts of things, but you never see planes or cars or uh, motorcycles or what whatever else going through your room that wasn't that had been your dream. People wake up and they see this shadow phenomenon. And I try to take it a step back. Okay, let's step back and actually think about what happened here. Why did the person wake up to begin with? I mean, there are all kinds of different reasons why we wake up in the middle of the night, whether we have to go to the bathroom, we get a drink of water or whatever. But a lot of times when this happens, there's no actual reason for waking up. You're just waking up in the middle of the night for some unknown reason and seeing the, the shadow there. Again, I believe these are two different phenomena happening at the same time, if you're having sleep paralysis. But this particular example, you don't have to have sleep paralysis or not. Um, it's just sometimes you do end up with it because that's a natural biological thing. When I've had sleep paralysis, it was uh, the other way around where I was awake and my body fell asleep on me because it was just so exhausted, but my mind was still aware of what was going on. It was, it's really bizarre, but that can happen that way too. So in any case, this is the example that I give for this particular situation. What is it that actually woke you to begin with? And anybody who's had children uh, will understand this, that your child wakes up in the middle of the night. You're fast asleep in bed. Your child wakes up in the middle of the night, whether they had a bad dream or they need a drink of water. Some kids, you know, they, they don't know how to go to the bathroom on their own yet. They'll actually come to the bed and ask you, hey, can I go use the bathroom? Yes, you may go use the bathroom. So they may you know, wake up for a variety of different reasons. In any case, they come to your bed. Some kids, and my kids are notorious for this, especially my youngest, Cameron, some kids won't just tap you on the shoulder and say, dad or mom. Now, sometimes they'll just stand there and hover over you and just watch you. I mean, it's kind of creepy if you think about it, but yeah, Cameron would just stand at the side of the bed. And all of a sudden, I'd get jarred awake, and I'd look and be like, oh, Cameron, you know, what, what do you want? You know, and like I had a bad dream or water or whatever. Um, but he didn't actually touch me. So what woke me up? Well, it was his presence that woke me up. His energy standing next to me woke me. I could sense him there. And I believe that's what's happening with these shadow people, you are actually being awoken by the shadow standing there in the corner or at the end of your bed or wherever it is in that room. Its energy, its presence, you're able to feel that and that wakes you. And yeah, sometimes when you wake, you're, you're having that sleep paralysis moment because that's just a natural biological thing. Does not always happen. Um, you know, some, and you wake up in the middle of the night, you see this thing standing in your room, and then people start to get the whole sleep paralysis fear thing confused because, I mean, think about it. You wake up in the middle of the night, and there's a tall, dark figure in your room. What instantly comes to mind? Is it, oh, there's a shadow person in my room? Most people are going to think there's an intruder in the house. Um, you know, the first time that ever happened to me, and the only time I've ever woken up in the middle of the night to a shadow in my room, I was a child, and there was a uh, shadow standing in the corner of my room, and the first thing that came to mind was there was an intruder in the house and it's going to kill me. I, mean, I was eight years old. That's what I thought. I had no idea about shadow people or anything at that time. And most adults, you know, would also say, I'm thinking there's an intruder in my house. You know, where's the baseball bat? Where's the gun? I've, I've had a, a person 
uh, report to me before that they actually thought that it was an intruder and they got a gun out of the nightstand and shot at it and went right through it. Um, when he ended up turning the light on, the thing was gone and there was a hole in the wall. Crazy story, but that happened. So, presence. This is actual an actual thing. You have an energy field around your body, and this is what I was uh, had mentioned before, the toroidal field that is around you, and everybody has this, and it extends out several feet from your body. Um, Heart Math Institute has done quite a bit of research in their area. Uh, I recommend you know checking out their website, check out their published works. Uh, I'm going to quote uh, them here. This is from Science of the Heart. So it says, the heart's magnetic field, which is the strongest rhythmic field produced by the human body, not only envelops every cell of the body, but also extends out in all directions into the space around us. The heart's magnetic field can be measured several feet away from the body by sensitive magnometers. Every cell in our body is bathed in an external and internal environment of fluctuating invisible magnetic forces. These same rhythmic patterns also can transmit emotional information via the electromagnetic field into the environment, which can be detected by others and processed in the same manner as internally generated signals. And the, um, so that's the Heart Math Institute, Science of the Heart, uh, I believe that was chapter six. Uh, but you can read the whole thing online. They have the, um, this, act, this published work, the entire thing online for you to read for free if you'd like. Uh, and their accompanying artwork, some of you may have seen this, is basically a body but has a wireframe uh, torus around it, which, which is basically, it looks like a giant donut, for, for lack of a better term, but that's, that's what the shape of a torus is. And so they use that as an example of how that uh, energy uh, emanates out from your body. So when Cameron would come up to my bed at night, and I would suddenly awake, it's because that toroidal uh, energy field that surrounds him was emanating outward. And I have a toroidal energy field that's emanating outward. And so I'm able to pick up on this uh, because our, our fields are intertwining with each other in that moment. And even though I was fast asleep, I'm feeling this near me. And uh, Harmath Institute has done a lot of interesting studies uh, with, you know, they've measured heart rate and energy and all that with people coming into the room having zero interaction with each other and how they're still able to feel and pick up that that energy and the, um, you know, the the heart rate will actually change based on that just from somebody's somebody else's presence being in the room. Uh, they've also done this with with animals as well. Um, between like a boy and his dog being in the room or a, uh, a person being near a horse and they would measure, you know, like the heart rate of the horse and things like that. Um, so it's really, really interesting study. So the same thing I believe is going on here with, uh, with, with shadow entities that, you know, they have their own energy as well, their own toroidal field that is emanating from them. They're an actual, you know, sentient being. They're, you know, they're there. They have an energy. That's how they're manifesting because they have energy. And so you are feeling that 
coming from them while you're laying there in bed or lying there in bed. Whether they're at the corner of the room, in the bed, wherever it is near you, at least in close enough proximity to you that you can feel their energy while you're sleeping. That is what is waking you at night. Their own personal resonance and vibration is waking you while you're asleep. You wake up. Sometimes you have sleep paralysis. Sometimes you don't. And you see this thing standing in the room. And then, of course, a lot of people are going to get scared and frightened and all that. And, you, you know, your typical uh, shadow people stories you know, snowball from there. But what woke you to begin with, yes, was actually the shadow person just by their presence in the room, their personal resonance and vibration. And so all these things are, are intertwined, and this is all part of you know, what I call the connected universe, which is where a lot of this information is, is going. Um, that's one of the big projects that I'm working on right now is the connected universe. There's the Shadow, uh, Shadow Dimension docuseries, that that is a part of as well, which is uh, continuing to go down uh, this rabbit hole with shadow entities. But again, it's it's much much more than that. Um, you know, we, what we don't quite understand yet about these beings is where exactly they are coming from. And I don't, and I'm not talking here about ones that are actually human spirits. I'm talking about the ones that we would actually define as interdimensional beings coming from some other plane of existence, um, maybe even some other universe out there. Obviously, we're connected to it. We're able to travel back and forth. Um, you know, They could even possibly be us, some sort of time traveler from another point in time that has come back. Because we always, or we don't always, but a lot of times these things are uh, deemed as watchers, and they're standing there observing us, which is very creepy, very disconcerting. Uh, very similar to a lot of ET reports and extraterrestrial reports that you get that they are standing there watching, observing, studying. And that, that's what a lot of these shadow entities are doing as well. So if they're coming from another point in time or from another dimension, they're trying to understand us. They're going to do that. Of course, we get very frightened. We get uh, extremely creeped out because it it is disconcerting. You know, there's there's an intruder in the room. It's, there is somebody there that we did not ask to come into our space. They are actually invading our space. And so um, that's not a good feeling, obviously. But um, they may not actually be attempting to do us any harm. I think it's very uh, individual per the shadow person. There are ones out there that, yes, are absolutely doing that, but others that are not. Um, but they are a part of this universe. We are somehow, some way, sharing this realm with them, at least at that point in time. So uh, this is going to be one of the furthering studies of the connected universe, but we are going to be branching out from there as well. There's so many different rabbit holes we can go down with this, and this is just one of them. It's a major part of my research at this point, but we're, we're going to be broadening that research as we go along as well. So that is what I have for you for this episode of Beyond the Shadows. Again, I realize this one was only an audio podcast and not the live stream show. Uh, live stream will come back here uh, in a couple of weeks on a uh, new platform, and I'll make that 
uh, announcement here in, like I said, probably a couple of weeks when that's finally ready to go. Uh, in the meantime, however, you can check out more information about this, of course, on the Hunter Road Media YouTube channel and also HunterRoadMedia.com. You can check out the uh, A Walk in the Shadows book on uh, Amazon or even my personal website, MikeRickSecker.com. Uh, you can grab it from there and you know, other places like Barnes & Noble, what have you also carry it. So there you go. I'm Mike Ricksecker. Until next time.